Welcome to today's Bible College reading. We'll be reading from December the 17th to the 18th, kcn.org, Faith to Faith, our Bible College book, textbook. Let's go ahead and pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us of our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Dare to take your place. December 17th by Kenny Copeland. Titus 3, 4, 6, and 7. But after that the kindness and love of God our Savior toward man appeared which he shed on us abundantly through Jesus Christ our Savior, that being justified by his grace, we should be made heirs. Wow, what a great promise. This verse is so good, I have to read it in other translations. First, I'm going to read it in the Passion Translation. When the extraordinary compassion of God our Savior and his overpowering love suddenly appear in person as the brightness of a dawning day he saved us resurrecting us through the washing of rebirth we are made completely new by the holy spirit whom he splashed over us richly by jesus the messiah our life giver so as a gift of his love and since we are faultless innocent before his face we can now become heirs of all things all because of an overflowing hope of eternal life. How true and faithful is this message. Verse 8. Amen. Now I'm going to read it in the Message Bible. It wasn't so long ago that we ourselves were stupid and stubborn, says Titus 3. Verse 3. Easy marks for sin. Every which we way by our glance going around with a chip on our shoulders hated and hating back but when god our kind and loving savior god stepped in he saved us from all that it was all his doing we had nothing to do with it he gave us a good bath and we came out of it new people washed inside and out by the holy spirit our savior jesus poured out new life so generously God's gifts has restored our relationship with Him and given us back our lives. And there's more life to come, an eternity of life. You can count on this. Beautiful, wonderful words of life. A covenant of grace, that's what you and I have with Almighty God. If you could truly grasp the significance of that, you'll never be the same again. What exactly is a covenant of grace? It's a relationship of favor that gives you access to someone else's power. An illustration of a covenant of grace is the covenant the old Sicilian family members have with the godfather of the family. In that group, a weak person might come in and ask the Don for a favor. The Don would say, I will grant you this favor and I will ask a favor of you. And when that time comes, I will collect it. 
Once that was said, the weak person would become excited. Suddenly he knew he would no longer have this problem because anyone who tried to rub him up would now have to face the Godfather, the one with all the power. Suddenly that little guy's attitude would change. He would leave the presence of the head of the family in full assurance that he didn't have a thing to worry about. He was no longer small and powerless in his own mind. He had gained favor, grace with the powerful. He walked out thinking, everything is handled. All I have to do now is whatever the Don asked me to do. And the Don knows I don't have anything. So whatever he asked me to do, he'll provide the wit to do it. That's grace. God's willingness to enter into blood covenant with you and give you everything he has in exchange for everything you have. He took your sins to give you his righteousness. He took your sickness to give you his health. He took your poverty in order to meet all your needs according to his riches and glory. Whenever he asks you to do something, he provides everything you need to carry it out. The great Jehovah, God of heaven and earth, is your father. Can you understand that? Let me say that again. The great Jehovah, God of heaven and earth, is your father. Yes, we can understand that. If we're under the blood of Jesus, we've been made a covenant child of the most powerful being in the universe. We dare to take our place in that family. Say, I am good to go. I am in that family. Amen. And I, Fernando, say that when you put a rubber band on your wrist and you keep banging it, he'll exchange our wrong choices are catastrophes for anything because he's all that powerful i thank you god i did this if i did something wrong i thank you god this happened i thank you god i didn't make the cut whatever it is i thank you god i made the cut we will be in cahoots in covenant relationship with him at all times and bask in his love and his acceptance now let's go ahead and read Luke chapter 4, verses 14 to 21, please. Luke 4, 14 says in the New Living Testament, But Jesus told him, No, the scriptures say people do not live by bread alone. Then the devil took him up and revealed to him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. I will give you the glory of these kingdoms and authority over them, the devil said. Because they are mine to give to anyone I please. I will give it all to you if you will worship me. Jesus replied, The scripture says, You must worship the Lord your God and serve only him. Then the devil took him to Jerusalem to the highest point of the temple and said, If you are the son of God, jump off. For the scripture says, He will order his angels to protect and guard you. And they will hold you up with their hands, so you won't even hurt your foot on the stone. Jesus responded, The scriptures also say you must not test the Lord your God. When the devil had finished tempting Jesus, he left him until the next opportunity came. Then Jesus returned to Galilee, filled with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit's power reports about him spread quickly through the whole region. 
He taught regularly in their synagogues and was praised by everyone. When he came to the village of Nazareth, his boyhood home, he went as usual to the synagogue on the Sabbath and stood up to read the scriptures. The scroll of Isaiah the prophet was handed to him. He unrolled the scroll and found the place where this was written. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, for he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim that captives will be released, that the blind will see, that the oppressed will be set free, and that the time of the Lord's favor has come. He rolled up the scroll, handed it back to attendant, and sat down. All eyes in the signal looked at him intently. Then he began to speak to them. The scripture you just heard has been fulfilled this very day. I said, this scripture have you, you just heard has been filled this day. Everyone spoke well of him and was amazed by the gracious words that came from his lips. How can this be, they asked. Isn't this Joseph's son? Then he said, you will undoubtedly quote me this proverb. Physicians, heal yourself, meaning do miracles here in your hometown like those you did in Capernaum. But I tell you the truth, no prophet is accepted in his own hometown. Certainly there were many needy widows in Israel in Elijah's time. When the heavens were closed for three and a half years and a severe famine devastated the land, yet Elijah was not sent to any of them. He was sent instead to a foreigner, a widow of Seraphet in the land of Sidon. And many in Israel had leprosy in that time of the prophet Elijah, but he only healed the one named Naaman, a Syrian. When they heard this, the people in the synagogue were furious, jumping up. They mobbed him and forced him to the edge of the hill on which the town was built. They intended to push him over the cliff, but he passed right through the crowd and went on his way. Now I'm going to read it on the Message Bible to set the burden free. That's the title. Jesus returned to Galilee, powerful in the spirit. News that he was back spread through the countryside. He taught on their synagogues, places everyone acclaimed and pleasured. He came to Nazareth where he had been raised, as he always did on the Sabbath. He went to the meeting place. When he stood up to read, he was handed the scroll of the prophet Isaiah. Unrolling the scroll, he found the place where it was written. God's Spirit is on me. He's chosen me to preach the message of good news to the poor. Sent me to announce pardon to the prisoners and recovery of sight to the blind. To set the burden and battered free. To announce this is God's time to shine. He rolled up the scroll, handed it back to the assistant, and sat down. Every eye in the place was on him, intent. Then he started in. You just heard scripture make history. It came true just now in this place. All who were there watching and listening were surprised at how well he spoke, but they also said, Isn't this Joseph's son, the one we know since he was just a kid? He answered, I suppose you're going to quote the proverb, Doctor, go heal yourself. Do here in your hometown what we heard you did in Capernaum. Well, let me tell you something. No prophet is ever welcome in his hometown. 
Isn't it a fact that there were many widows in Israel at the time of Elijah during the three and a half years of drought when famine devastated the land? But the only widow to whom Elijah was sent was in Seraphat in Sidon. And there were many lepers in Israel at the time of the prophet Elijah, but the only one cleansed was Naaman the Syrian. That set everyone in the meeting place seething with anger. They threw him out, banished him from the village, then took him to a mountain cliff at the edge of the village to throw him to his doom. But he gave him the slip and was on his way. On Fernando, and that what Jesus was saying to them, salvation are already the people elected, the people that easily believed. He knew these people weren't going to accept him. In a nutshell, let's go ahead and read it again because it's so important right here. Let's go read it in the Passion Translation. Let's see what that has to say on this subject. I'm reading for you Luke 4, 14 to 28. Then Jesus, armed with the Holy Spirit's power, returned to Galilee, and his fame spread throughout the region. He taught in the synagogues, and they glorified him. When he came to Nazareth, where he had grown up, he went into the synagogue, as he always did on the Sabbath. When Jesus came to the front to read the scriptures, he was handed the scroll of the prophet Isaiah. He unrolled the scroll and found where it is written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, and he has anointed me to be hope for the poor, healing for the brokenhearted, and new eyes for the blind. And to preach to prisoners, you are set free. I have come to share the message of Jubilee, for the time of God's great acceptance has begun. After he read this, he rolled up the scroll, handed it back to the attendant, and sat down. Everyone stared at Jesus, wondering what he was about to say. Then he added, today these scriptures come true in front of you. Today, these scriptures came true in front of you. Everyone was impressed by how Jesus spoke. Hang on. In all of the beautiful words of grace that came from his lips, but they said among themselves, who does he think he is? Isn't this Joseph's son who grew up here in Nazareth? Jesus said to them, I suppose you'll quote me the proverb, Doctor, go ahead and heal yourself before you try it to heal others. And you'll say, work the miracles here in your hometown. That we heard you did in Capernaum. But I tell you, no prophet is welcome or honored in his hometown. Isn't it true that many widows lived in the land of Israel during the days of the prophet Elijah when he locked up the heavens for three and a half years and brought a devastation famine over all the land? But he wasn't sent to any of the widows living in that region. Instead, he was sent to a foreign place to a widow in Seraphat of Sidon. Or have you not considered that the prophet Elijah was healed only to Naaman, the Syrian, rather than one of the many Jewish lepers in the land? When everyone present heard Jesus' words, they erupted with a furious rage. 
They mobbed Jesus and threw him out of the city, dragging him to the edge of the city on the cliff on which the city had been built, ready to hurl him off, but he walked right through the crowds, leaving them all stunned. I'm Fernando. Isn't it interesting that we, that Jesus has been sent to us? We are born again. We accepted the message. And Jesus made it easier for us to be the elect, to be the, the blessed of the Lord. Amen. Let's put a rubber band on our on our arm on our wrist and keep banging and say, I am the blessed of the Lord. If you have fear, self uh, deprivation, condemnation, if you have uh, hatred to someone, a resentment. All these things, if you have the impending doom of financial disaster of the future, put a rubber band on yourself and keep saying, I am the beloved of the Lord Jesus Christ. I am the beloved whom Jesus loves. Say it, say it to it and sting it. Keep stinging your wrist so it will go in your subconscious mind and you will be reprogrammed and your mind will accept this. Remember, it's called the great acceptance, as this uh, Bible put it pretty well, the Passion Translation. For the time of God's great acceptance has been begun. What's the great acceptance? You are set free. The message is jubilee. Hallelujah. You have new eyes, new spirit, healing from the broken heart. The Lord is upon you. He's anointed you to, to be, have proper imagination to be able to imagine something and say thank you lord for that imagination and keep your eyes closed to that imagination where you know god has given you a picture of what he wants you to go be or do and keep praising him and thanking him that you have hope and imagination to change things in your life money anything that can happen if you have the fear of death put that rubber band on and accept the great message of God that has that's available. The kingdom of God is here, and we have his righteousness. And all these things shall be added unto us. Amen and amen. May the Lord bless you and keep you, make his face to shine upon you, be gracious unto you, lift up his counts and give you peace, and establish you in every which way. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, amen and amen. Okay, let us recap for a little bit. Now, if we have the sin of hatred, we need to put the rubber band on. If we have the sin of fear, we need to put the rubber band on. If we have the sin of inferiority complex, we need to put that rubber band on. And if we have the sin of guilt and condemnation, you need to put the rubber band on. I don't need to tell you that the devil likes that one especially to ride on our shoulders and condemn us when we have been set free by what we just read. Now, let me go ahead and read a little statement here from the Recovery Bible on what we just read. When Jesus claimed to fulfill the words of Isaiah 61, he was directly claiming to be Israel's long-awaited Messiah. Isaiah beautifully characterized a major focus on the Messiah's ministry. The Messiah would deliver those who were captives to the power of sin and spiritual discouragement. He would give sight to the physically and spiritually blind. He would bring to the downtrodden freedom from their oppressors. 
A relationship with God through Jesus Christ provides the limitless resources to all of us in recovery. Amen and amen.